Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome back to the PH Nutrition Podcast. My name is Luke. I'm one of the coaches here at PH. And today, I am, of course, joined by Liam. Liam, how are you doing, man? Very good, buddy. Monday morning, we're recording this on and just done thruster and wall walk workout so Ooh, i'm across shoulders feeling it yeah they were mate yeah this is lots of wall walks so uh, yeah i'm looking forward to getting into this because we're talking about crossfit today so how are you anyway we are indeed i'm are good you? man yeah, yeah yeah did a little bit of crossfit this morning as well getting sid ready getting that intensity yeah. up toaster bar we had lunges this morning so shoulders also feeling it a little bit but it's good fun man it's good i like dropping into the classes and yeah that intensity yeah good stuff that's what i like to hear looking back doing crossfit so today as liam has mentioned we are going to talk a little bit about crossfit today but it is a research review again so liam and i are going to dive into an article this article is called dietary practices and supplement use among crossfit participants and it was published in may 2022 so in july 2022 it was submitted in may 2022 by matthew grease Breezeboy, Breezeboy, I can't pronounce boy. his name. Breeze I probably boy. butchered it. Let's we go. Breezeboy or Breezeboy? <laughs> uh, definitely butchered Matty it. B. Matty B. B. Published by Matty B. et al. July 2022. And essentially what they did was a huge online survey looking to characterize ultimately dietary practice use and supplement use in CrossFit athletes. So they sent it out to thousands of people and they got thousands of responses, which is good. Like it's a big sample size for a study like this. And so over 2,500 total responses, about half and half male, female, it was 48% male, 52% female. And the questions they were diving into, they looked at obviously the demographic anthropometric questions to start with. So that's looking at, you know, things like BMI, looking at age, looking at gender. Then they dived into CrossFit habits. So how long they've been doing it, how much they do it, competitive habits, whether or not they compete, whether or not they coach as well. Then came questions about diet. So whether or not they practice a diet, if they do specify that diet, diving into supplements as well. And they looked at some other interesting questions that we'll dive into on what they believe the most important nutrient for CrossFit is, which is going to be interesting. I think sometimes the perceptions there can be a bit shifted. So we'll see what came up with there. They asked them, you know, how important nutrition is, some hydration questions. And there was a little bit of a question on how their diet has been affected by COVID as well. So Lots of stuff to unpack. What should we start with, Liam? Should we start with just kind of the basic demographic stuff? Get that out of the way and move on to it, right? Yeah, 
So yeah, like I said, there were two and a half thousand people completing the responses, good split. And we just spoke about this off, off air. It was, um, the mean age was 39 years. And I said, and you were surprised by that. And I said, yeah, I, I thought I it seemed think, old. Yeah. I, I was like, no, I, maybe that is a little bit older than I think, but I'm, I do think that a lot of the time I see a slightly older generation of like 30 plus doing CrossFit as opposed to 23 year olds and 22 year olds in the gyms. So, um, so yeah, there was, there was, that was the kind of, um, demographic. And then there were 695 reported being CrossFit trainers and coaches. And that is definitely to talk about in a minute, the importance of some of the data off of that. So good amount of, uh, CrossFit coaches and then around half of them reported competing or planning to compete CrossFit. So again, nice blend of people that are a bit more competitive as opposed to people that are just turning up to prove the health or, or, or kind of, you know, just get in shape. Experience five years and uh, most people trained on average four and a half days a week. So I think a really good recognition of what we kind of see anecdotally yeah. from being in around the, uh, in around the gyms. One thing that you want to make, you wanted to start with, Luke, it was the stat or most reported practicing a, a particular diet. And that was 60% of people re- yes. reported practicing the diet, the supplement one was 82%. Yes. Was that right? People taking supplements. Yeah, and that was an interesting one for me is that the less people to say overall kind of diet, and we'll kind of dive into what we mean by that and what was kind of specified in the in the survey as well. There, it was just more people take supplements than they do practice a diet full time. So sixty percent practicing a diet of some kind. That was sixty five percent females, fifty five percent males. So slightly shifted that females practice diets more than males, which I think is, again, kind of representative of the greater population. There's no real surprises there. And then it was slightly kind of flipped on the supplement side of things. So 82% of participants supplement with something. And we're obviously going to dive into kind of what what they supplement with, whether or not we think it's worth it, that kind of stuff as well. But that was slightly more males. So it was about 83, 84% males supplementing and about 80% females. So a slight kind of shift there as well. But that to me was was fascinating. And I think one of the, the key bits on the supplement side of things as well was there was kind of this, when we look at the age of the participants, there was a little a little bit of a bell curve where at a certain age, people were more likely to supplement or more respondents of that age supplement to other ones. Um, and the age at which people use supplements was kind of like the 20 to 30, 30 to 40 age. Whereas for kind of the just practicing a diet, the peak of that kind of bell curve was more kind of the 30 to 40, 40 to 50. It was a lot less kind of older people using supplements, which to me were not necessarily shocking, but is something that I think potentially needs to change because there's a lot of things out there that certain supplements, obviously not just throwing supplements at old people, but certain targeting ones can be really, really beneficial for the aging population. So things like omega-3s, things like even supplements with protein because they might struggle to get it in can be super beneficial yeah. in from a health point of view. Like there's been a fair few studies out there that have looked at A, risk of falls, and then B, kind of severity of injury from falls in the aging population. And obviously this is slightly different because it's CrossFit population as well. But I'd say that that would be the aging CrossFit population would be even more important to supplement with yeah. than just the general population as well. So that that was quite a fascinating kind of early result that jumped out to me. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right, mate. Like, it almost needs to be reversed and that as we get older, we do need to provide our body with a little bit more support and that can come from targeted supplementation. I definitely think that that's, that's an area where if you are a master's or, you know, a master athlete, and you're a little bit older, kind of above that kind of the 35, 40, 45, 
um then you know looking at looking at maybe supplementing your diet like I said with protein maybe with omegas maybe vitamin d certain times of the year you know and uh, you know, getting some blood work done and looking at any deficiencies because we do need that little bit more support because you know things start to slow down as we age and uh, you know it becomes a little bit more challenging to to derive these from our food and you know, have that balance and body composition and everything else so yeah good good insight for that one i think that was a good good one yeah anything else what, what, what did you what did you have on your list Next up, mate. I think yeah. Let's let's dive into the diets that were practiced. I think oh yes, that was it. A yeah, big, yeah, a big conversation to dive into. So as we sort of said, there, sixty percent of the participants practiced the diet. The most common diet that they practiced was macro counting. So eighteen percent mm. of that sixty percent counted their macros ultimately. And interestingly, there was kind of a little bit of a shift there in the 22% female and 14% male. So it was more kind of females that were geared towards the um, macro counting side of things. Interesting on the CrossFit coach side of things too, in that slightly more coaches than non-coaches were also doing this as well. And it seemed to be, it seemed to be a pattern throughout really that uh, CrossFit coaches were following diets more often than non-CrossFit coaches and just your CrossFit participants. But there were tons of other diets in there that were really kind of interesting to look at as well something that that i liked to see was how low on this list the zone diet was when you look (laughs) at the diets that people are practicing you've got things like macro counting intermittent fasting paleo and gluten-free mediterranean diet that kind of thing and only 1.5 percent of the people that were were practicing uh, diets practiced the zone diet which is fantastic to me because the zone diet (laughs) is obviously something that that CrossFit have pushed from the start almost. Yeah. And it's something that is not necessarily conducive to performance within CrossFit. I'm saying not necessarily because in some situations it can be beneficial and you can get results from it. Of course you can as with any diet, but it's not necessarily the best thing to kind of go with there. And that was quite fascinating to see, I think. It's, it's not conducive to time. I, I don't know if you've ever tried to do or follow the zone diet. Man, it takes forever to try and set something up or follow it or, or do whatever it's very confusing they they tried to simplify it and then when you look at it yeah going into blocks but again stuff going on good to see like i said i think it's a nice shift for me in terms of seeing something like macro counting which is a pretty good fundamental kind of like a dietary approach as opposed to seeing you know something stupid at the top of the list you know so i think that's a really positive take on it uh, and like I said, there were lots of other different different ones on there. So, uh, but yeah, n- nice kind of shift. And like you said, the coffee coaches and females were actually like slightly higher than male to kind of follow a specific diet on there. So that's that was really, really good. Um, leading into there, like off the back of that, they also, like I say, got the participant ratings of the most important nutrient for coffee performance. And it, it was good. It was Most participants reported either carbohydrate at 42% or protein at 40 Sorry, 42.7 and then protein at actually 41.9%. So pretty even split between carbohydrates and protein. For me, mate, I think it's a nice thing to be like seeing that, like, you know, you talked about the zone diet at the start of CrossFit. Like, again, there was a real kind of, you know, when we first started coaching people in CrossFit nutrition six, seven years ago, there was this real fear of carb- carbohydrates. Like, you know, paleo diet was with rife and, and low carb and intermittent fasting and stuff like this and you know people would eat sweet potato but that was it you know and 
it was a it was a challenge to try and shift people's mentality. But I think it definitely in the last two three years of using this as well, like I'm really happy with the way that people kind of understand it. On the majority, obviously, there's still cases on it, but that that people understand that the importance of carbohydrate to perform well at CrossFit. I think it's just a nice positive thing to see those two because if we're looking specifically at CrossFit, protein and carbs are probably the two. You know, more than fat, even though fat's essential, but it's it's definitely those two as the as the leading lights for me. Definitely, definitely. I think it was it was interesting to see on that that front as well that CrossFit coaches themselves were more yeah. likely to select carbohydrates. Higher, yeah, yeah. The rest, the rest of us were more likely to select protein, which I think is a, is quite an interesting insight in that, and and again a reassuring one in that CrossFit coaches now understand the demand on the body that CrossFit demands. And they understand how to fuel for that a little bit more, which is reassuring, definitely. So I was quite happy to see that, that, that CrossFit coaches are going to push carb as opposed to pushing other diets that restrict carbohydrate. So that was that was really quite yeah. nice to see. Yeah, exactly. Remember that maybe they put the importance on it because CrossFit coaches are normally doing a slightly higher intensity, you know, work out more volume. So it's nice to see again that like they're prioritizing the right things. So yeah, exactly. very good. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Should we dive into elements? Yeah, go on, mate. Yeah, let's 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 get into this. Uh, go on. What what was the thing? So yeah, over a total of two two thousand and fifteen unique supplements reported. Man, I didn't know. How how is there that many? Is that just brands? Do you think that was like different brands? I think yeah, they because they did ask for like brands and names, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that'll yeah. definitely feed in. But there's the most common supplement that we've taken with protein which i don't think is going to be a surprise Good. to anyone yeah 50 percent took protein and then working protein. down the list you've then got creatine which is fantastic happy days pre-workout coming in at number four you've got multivitamins which i was not mm. a fan of when i saw that because just mm. underneath it omega-3s omega-3 fatty acids there but go on multivitamins liam you've done it mm, so i'm gonna yeah just call you out on that I, I, just because uh we've done a lot of research for the supplement course on on the hub that we have and you know diving into supplement development that i've done back when i worked at bulum and you know with some companies that i do now like most most multivitamins are extremely poorly absorbed because they just try and pack so many things into it like the dosages are really small the way that the, the tablet is produced either hard pressed or you know whatever it's really challenging to actually then get the absorption high enough to make a real difference obviously if you're taking it for a really extended periods of time then you might get a little bit of benefit um but usually one multivit a day is just, you know, it's just not doing anything you know so the dosages are low the absorption rates are low so if you look at some good multivitamins you'll often find that you need to be taking like six or eight pills a day of one of them and that's a recommended dose so you know for me i think multivitamin is just one where yeah, to see it so high, I think people just take it because they think it's an insurance policy. And I'm like, for, you know, I think it's just a bit wasted money, if I'm honest. So, like you're saying, prioritizing other things, maybe across the, the year, would be a sensible strategy. We spoke about this on other podcasts. I think with Adam from Zag Supplements as well, we've spoken about this type of thing. So check those episodes out. And they, the, they broke it down then in terms of what males and females would take and corporate coaches would take. And I, it, it was quite interesting, this. Females were more likely than males to consume vitamin D, collagen, magnesium, digestive health, B vitamins, herbal mixtures, bones, 
bone support mixtures and iron. So you could look at that, vitamin D, great, you know, and then, and then these other ones. Again, I think what we need to understand is that there's like male and there's not female supplements and male supplements. And hopefully that creatine on there was, you know, pretty, I think that was pretty well distributed, I think. But then males are more likely to consume protein, creatine, pre-workouts and testosterone boosters. So again, like I think it just comes down to a point I, I want to make about CrossFit coaches, but education really, isn't it? Like an education around kind of supplementation. And it's nice to see there's are some good ones on there and there's not, you know, CBD up there as like number two. If I meant to say that, but, uh, or like, you know, these type, type of thing. But interestingly, what I picked up on was CrossFit coaches were more likely to be consuming creatine omegas and vitamin D and magnesium. They were the top there, therefore. And I would like, that would be, if someone said to me, what four supplements usually you take if you're doing CrossFit, I would probably lean towards saying those four things in addition to protein. So yeah, good, good education from, from the CrossFit coaches that are, that are kind of uh, saying those types of things. I think we just maybe then need to get it across to the members who are taking testosterone boosters and herbal mixtures. So yeah, definitely. Um, and that, that yeah, leads us stuff. quite nicely. Yeah, that leads us quite nicely, I think, onto a discussion about where people are getting their information from, which was also a question that was asked in this survey was kind of like, where are you most likely to get your information for dietary practices, for supplements as well? Liam, do you want to talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, I, I, it was really good, this one. I think I think it was something that we work with a lot of gyms and a lot of members on in terms of education. You know, a massive part of what we do at Pitch Nutrition is educating you in terms of the why like why are we asking you to do certain things why should you be taking certain things like why are people taking multi bits you know that's what we want to know like if, it, if there's a legit reason then cool understanding it but this is a this is a massive part so a lot of it was down to uh, <laughs> just general internet like supplements diets around 50 percent of people got their, their diet their information from the internet on diets and supplements the next one down was a coach or a trainer so non nutritionist, because that was the next one, non nutritionist or a dietitian, it was actually the CrossFit coaches or, or CrossFit trainer. So for me, it was, it really highlighted the fact that uh, CrossFit coaches, you, you know, you're that go to person for all your members and the people that you're working with. They trust your judgment. They trust your, you know, your advice. So we don't expect you, let's say, to have the education or the understanding of a nutritionist in specific areas, but the fundamentals. You really need to have it in place, whether that's working with companies such as ourselves or having your own in-house, you know, like uh, tools and educational kind of like, to be able to kind of direct your members to do the right things, you know, and so they're not going on the internet and getting lost and buying 60 pound testosterone boosters when they just need to maybe increase their vitamin D levels because they haven't seen sun in three weeks you know so it's like it's that type of thing that i really want to bang the drum for we really work hard with people to try and say look you don't need to be going down the rabbit hole you need to be doing the fundamentals and crossfit coaches you have a really important job to do that like and it's been highlighted in this study that the second place that people get their information from is you guys and you're in front of them four five six times a week you know and, and so you have you have an opportunity to do that I think it's really important to to say, I think it's really great that all of the data that the from the coffee coaches is, is really good. Prioritizing carbohydrates and protein, 
doing the right supplements, you know, like following, following a diet more than anybody else. Like these are really good. We just need to filter that down in terms of trying to get the members to kind of buy into that. So yeah, really, really good stuff. Uh, yeah, just following on to the next one, it wasn't, you know, where people get the information, nutritionist, dietitian, and then peer reviewed research, which is nice to see. And then it kind of just filtered down and social media was kind of fourth, fifth on the list. So uh, even get great information from social media, you can get some horrendous information on sexual media. So, um, yeah, it's good. It was nice to see where, where people get their stuff from. So just highlighting the fact that coffee coaches have a very important role, which they know, but from a nutrition perspective, again, just helping to bang that drum. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Hey, so, so for my side of things, that was pretty much all that I wanted to dive into on this study. There were some other interesting questions that were asked. There was one that made me laugh a little bit because they asked, you know, hey, has COVID-19 affected yeah. how much you exercise and how much you eat? And only 22% said yes, which made me think that 78% of them are liars. But we'll, <laughs> we'll move on from that. That's just the thing that you get with, with surveys like this. But there were a couple of other questions on hydration, which I think was a really hydration. interesting inclusion. And I think that's definitely worth us talking about a little bit as well, just because it was mm. interesting to have it in there. It was basically questions around they know how to measure their own hydration status ultimately, which was good. They they rated the most important factor assessing hydration and most people put urine colour, which is pretty yeah. cool. Very few people put unsure, which I like. There were a couple of other answers of thirst and changes in body weight as body well. Weight. Um mm -hmm. but the fact that people know that urine colour corresponds to hydration, I think is is awesome. I mean there's some instances where I mean, as for day-to-day -day practice in CrossFit, I actually think that's probably going to be the best one to use anyway. Definitely. I, I was kind of yeah. pleasantly surprised to see that for sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you had any points on that as well, Liam. No, that was a really good, like say, just a nice little addition that, that like say, hydration has such a big impact on CrossFit performance. So I'm glad that they, uh, I'm glad they highlighted that. So, yeah, and that is the best measure. You know, it's an easy measure. It's free. So, you know, you don't have to be weighing yourself before and after sessions. You don't have to be going and getting some sweat testing kit and doing all of this stuff. You can just do that. So, yeah, definitely something to highlight. The last bit I wanted to make was uh, the reasons participants reported practicing or using supplements. I thought that was quite interesting. Uh, I, I was surprised by these results. Um, yeah. The results kind of highlighted that most, well, 50%, over 50% of the people, the highest feedback was improved overall health if the reason one of the reasons yep. and improved recovery for taking supplements so that was the the supplementation so i think why people take supplements to improve their overall health so that was good maybe that's why people think that they're taking multivitamin uh, or taking vitamin d so that's really good increased muscle mass and strength and increased crossfit performance with the next kind of two down on the on the supplementation point of view from a dietary perspective again overall health well way out way out ahead good like that makes makes me happy to see that people are you know the reason why they're doing a diet is to improve their overall health uh, and then decrease body fat increased performance and uh, energy levels were kind of all pretty much even in terms of the next ones down so um yeah you know for me it was really good to see that there was that bias towards all of those kind of good things as opposed to just being body composition focused so so yeah happy days Interestingly, I don't know if they missed this out. I don't know if I've missed this. There was no reporting uh, reason or data on increased muscle mass and strength from a dietary perspective. 
It was just supplements. I didn't necessarily see that either. Yeah, yeah. So no one wanted to follow a diet to get stronger. They just wanted to just, just <laughs> or to put hip hip muscle in. So just gonna and just gonna eat creatine and you know protein. But I mean, I I I think that's not a huge surprise because I mean, yeah. this is something that as nutritionists we see quite often. The the most common reason that that we see people approaching us for a diet, a nutrition plan, is to lose weight, is yeah. to lose fat, is. Yeah is not necessarily to improve performance or gain Definitely. muscle. And obviously we know how important, how big of an impact nutrition is on that. But I sometimes feel as though the general population as a whole don't, they they maybe value knowledge on fat loss and that kind of stuff a little 100%. bit more than on, than, yeah, than on performance and, and strength gain and stuff like that. But yeah, it's good. Well done, everyone that finished this out to, to be like, say, overall health was the, with the leader in both the supplementation and dietary. Uh, it was also the leader for why people do CrossFit as well, which yeah. was quite nice to see. Yeah. Uh, that combined with fun, I think, with the top three was health and fun. Health and fun. Very health good. Health and fun, which I don't know if that's reflected with the people that I do classes with, because <laughs> not fun, very competitive to win. <laughs> to win is the reason we do it. Yeah. But, no, it's nice <laughs> yeah, exactly. to see that as well. Yeah, very good. Yeah, mate, I would, uh, that's all from me. That's really good. I thought yeah. that, I say, no, good, I good study. Uh, definitely, yeah. One of those where big, big, big questionnaires like this, guys, in, in the research can sometimes be a bit hit and miss. They can yeah. sometimes just tell you stuff that you already know, and it's like, cool, well, what was the point in doing all of that sort of thing? But I think this one was, was really kind of good and really kind of promising just to show how, not necessarily how far CrossFit has come, but to show the current state of nutrition within CrossFit and that it's it's not bad. It's not bad, and for many years it was bad. So it is quite a nice thing to see for sure. Yeah, but no, I agree, Liam. That was a, a really good study to dive into, and thank you very much for diving into it with me. As usual, guys, if ever you want us to dive into a study, you see something and you think, "Hey, I want the guys at PH to kind of unpack this a little bit." If you think, "Oh, that looks too good to be true," then feel free to send it over. We're always happy to review any stuff that you send over. Always happy to answer any questions as well. We're going to be doing another Q&A on the pod very, very soon. So send over some questions for that too. Yeah. Um, if there's anything that, that kind of we mentioned, if you want to look into more supplements, more diet kind of practices and ask us our opinions on that, then please feel free to do that as well. There's loads of information on our website too. So you can head over there and, and on our Instagram. We're always pumping out info on there. Um, but yeah, apart from that, Liam, it's been an absolute pleasure everyone else listening at home i hope you've enjoyed it too and we will see you very very soon hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.